Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Now, over the last four Sundays, uh, you all know that we've taken up the topic of prayer. So we've been looking at different types of prayer, different understandings of prayer. We've talked about it at 9.30 a.m. in Sunday school, in the smaller group, and again in worship at 11. So our first Sunday in June, we looked at liturgical prayer. So this is our traditional type of prayer, prayer that connects us to the public in some sort of way, whether that's with language from the past, even as far back as Jesus' own words in the Lord's Prayer, or prayer that connects us to the public because we do it together at the same time, prayer and worship on Sundays. (coughs) And then we talked about a more interesting type of prayer, which is testimony, but I gave us a new word for that so that we didn't have to get too anxious about testimony. And so we talked about God talk or the way that we speak about God's presence in our lives and considered thinking about that as prayer. And then last week, we went back to our ancient Near Eastern origins, looked back at the Judaism that Jesus was a part of, and we talked about body prayer or breath prayer, centering prayer, prayer without words. So for today, we're wrapping it all up with what is most likely, arguably, the most common type of prayer. This form of prayer is the type of prayer that people would typically think of when the topic comes up. It's the reason why we have the clasped hands emoji on our cell phones. It's the prayer that we mean when we ask if you have a request or you want to go on the prayer list. It's the most popular form of prayer, so popular that it's the definition of prayer in the vernacular, you probably already guessed it, the one that's been missing from the lineup, the one that I'm going to be talking about today, it is specific prayer, right? Specific prayer. This is when we take our requests to God, when we take our needs to God, and those can be our prayers for ourselves, They can be prayers for our family, prayers for other people that we've met along the way, prayers for our world, for any type of situation. It's when we bring what we want, what we need, before Jesus Christ as Lord. That is specific prayer. And any sermon series on prayer would be lacking if it didn't take this topic up. Now, there are two types of specific prayer. You all probably already know this, if you don't know the million-dollar words for it, but that is the two types of specific prayer are, one, when we pray with requests for others. When we're praying for others, and that's called intercessory prayer. But when we pray for requests for ourselves with our own needs in mind, it's called prayer of supplication. Remember I started out with Anne Lamott's phrase that there's only two types of prayer, help me, help me, 
and thank you, thank you. So help me, help me is this type of prayer of supplication. So this type of prayer is popular and it is really important and there are some problems. So I want to go over that today in this sermon so that we can acknowledge the problems that come with specific prayer and so that we can also reclaim the invitation that scripture has for us and bringing our specific concerns to the Lord. So I'll start with the story. Back in COVID days, about six months into the pandemic, I pivoted like all pastors did at that time to become a Facebook live streamer. It was a Facebook group called Morning Watch. We actually watched an archived video from it this morning in Sunday school. But this was where I gathered virtually with people from the congregation to consider the various types of contemplative practice so that we might test things out in these strange and difficult days. In one of the sessions, I took up the topic of specific prayer. And in particular, I brought up prayers of supplication, that we are asking for God to provide something that we need. I thought it was a particularly appropriate topic for COVID. God knows we were all in need in different ways at that time. But the thing that I was surprised to learn from the comments on the Morning Watch video was that my constituents were not big fans. Here's what I heard. I don't like it, one woman said, because I feel like I'm complaining too much. I know the Bible says God hears all of our prayers, but mine seems so unimportant in comparison to what's going on in the rest of the world, so I just prefer to focus on those things. Another person said that she felt specific prayer requests for herself lacked theological depth. She says, well, I can't help but pray that way, but I always aim to close with something liturgical. I use language from scripture or hymns or maybe close with the Lord's Prayer so that I make sure my prayer brings praise and glory to God. Maybe you also feel this way about the prayers of supplication, that they can be downers or not particularly thoughtful. But what about the other type of prayer, specific prayer, prayer of intercession, when we're praying for others and we bring those specific needs before God? You can certainly make the case that those prayers are not self-centered and they are not trivial. So many people who are feeling uneasy about that type of specific prayer, well, that needs some unpacking too, because there is good reason. Intercessory prayer, this prayer for others, it can sometimes be harmful. And now I know we all know this, because on one end of the spectrum, the more playful side, we're all from the South, and we know what, well, bless your heart, really means. And... I mean, Lord help us if we hear, oh, I'll pray for you, right? Sometimes this intercessory prayer can be a veiled vehicle for passing along juicy gossip. But on the other side of the spectrum, intercessory prayer can pass judgment in a way that's particularly harmful and I would say institutionally abusive. 
when people are prayed over to somehow change because they don't fit with the group or there's something in their history or past that other people would like for them to feel badly about. Intercessory prayer in the institution can be something very difficult, an incredible weapon for harm. And if prayer is about bringing ourselves and others into the presence of God, God who is merciful and just and forgiving and loving, then this manipulation of prayer requests for intentional harm is demeaning to the whole enterprise. When we use prayer to pass judgment on others, it strips our world of something holy. And so people choose to stay away. There's also the issue with this phrase that has become something of a hot topic. We talked a little bit about it in the first week in Sunday school, and we even sang a beautiful hymn that brought this up, and that is the phrase, thoughts and prayers, right? This can be a problem. It's when intercessory prayer becomes a political word. On the one hand, the phrase functions to dismiss a difficult situation, and all of a sudden, people are saying it to avoid something that requires more complex thought and dedicated engagement, a situation where action is demanded as well as prayer. But then on the other hand, people can so quickly reject anyone who uses this phrase as necessarily untrustworthy. There's no way they would actually pray for that, so they are just full of it. And so, I understand that people give up on intercessory prayer. It's hypocritical. It's divisive. So we decide to stay away. These are reasons why specific prayer is difficult. And because it's so popular, perhaps one of the reasons why Christianity is just not really in its heyday This is why we see people branching out, both within congregations and outside, to other things like breath prayer or meditation. This is why some congregations are really pulling on to their history and tradition and liturgy. However, I hope that for us today, we can reclaim the invitation, a joyful invitation to specific prayer. My hope today is that we acknowledge what is difficult about it, we acknowledge what is wrong, but that we know the possibilities of the practice for ourselves as a gift from God. Because scripture has so many things to say about bringing our own needs and our true desires for ourselves and those prayers that we deeply pray for others. Scripture says to bring those before God. And we don't have to worry if it sounds like complaint. Have you read the Psalms? There's a lot of weeping and moaning there. The Psalms demonstrate that the range of emotion that can be brought before God is huge. 
And the Psalms say that God has numbered the hairs on our heads and knows our inmost parts. So God invites and knows all of your prayers, all of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There is nothing that should be kept from God in prayer. So we are encouraged by this to pray specifically. There's also in scripture, this promise that there will be a response when we ask, when we are in need. In Matthew we hear, and it's a beautiful song, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Allelu, alleluia. I can't think of more encouraging words when it comes to prayer. And in the Gospel of Luke, it gets even better. This is what Jesus says. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asked for a fish, would give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asked for an egg, would give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I would add to this testimony the witness of plenty of people and their lived experiences, real people who testified that their specific prayers have been answered. As we know from the sermon in God Talk, this is not something that people talk about every day, but as a pastor, maybe I'm privy to more of these conversations. But you know, we know people who have asked for things from God and who have received them. Healing that happens, addictions that are kept at bay, relationships repaired, people who say that Luke and Matthew's gospel messages are true, that they have experienced miracles. And even for the people for whom it doesn't happen exactly in that way as an immediate answer to a particular prayer, the act of specific prayer, I know, I hear, it's still powerful. The knowledge that people are lifting you up before God in a regular and prayerful and compassionate way, if I had a dime, for every time I am told that someone feels your prayers, that they matter, that they know them. Prayers are answered, prayers are felt, so why wouldn't we pray in this way? Listen to this invitation from our scripture passage today. The Apostle Paul, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And peace, the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, rejoice, be glad, the Lord is near to you. You don't need to be anxious. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Lord. And it is a joy. It is a pleasure. It is an amazing invitation. It is our right orientation that in everything we pray.
But before we leave today, I want to add one last note. This is one more thing about specific prayer that I could see it as either in the plus column or I can see it in the negative column, and it's this. Specific prayer, when we are vulnerable before God, it is risky. It is risky. And this is why I believe many of us actually don't like to do it. When prayer is personal, we are vulnerable. When we are asking for what we want, for what we need, for ourselves, for others, when we bring this before God, what then do we do when we don't get an answer? How much will it hurt or shake our foundation? Does it mean that we are not loved? Does it mean, could it mean that God doesn't care? When I was in hospital chaplaincy, I have a very clear memory of approaching my supervisor. It was in my first round. I was at the Veterans Hospital in Mountain Home, Tennessee, over there in Johnson City, and I have a very clear memory of approaching him. Because after months in the hospital, I was just not feeling great about prayer. The situations were difficult. Those hospital rooms were depressing. The waiting rooms were worst. There were lonely people who were dying alone and in pain. I wasn't asking for miracles here. I wasn't praying for someone to get right up out of that bed, but I was praying that they, that we might fill God here beside the bedsides of people in need, people who prayed for Jesus to be with them and to be present there. So I remember walking into my supervisor's office and just weeping. He shared a few things with me. First of all, he said, your tears give them voice, that that in itself is a prayer, an act of compassion and care. But then he offered these words for me, and they have been true in my life. What he said was this, when I allowed myself to feel the absence of God, that's when I really got to know God. When I allowed that Christ was not there in the way that I wanted him to be there, I actually began to open up to new possibilities and stronger faith. Through the years, this has proven to me to be true. That when we approach what we feel to be the absence of God, we actually get to know more about who God is and trust that God unfolds for good in the world. And I can think of no better vehicle for this honest relationship than specific prayer. If we are not personal with God, if we do not risk ourselves with the Holy One, our relationships will remain superficial. But when we are honest with ourselves and we are, when we are open to God as a friend, we experience the true purpose of prayer. 
because the Lord knows that we love deeply. And the Lord knows that we suffer too. And Jesus invites us to rejoice that God is near to be gentle, to know peace, and in everything to pray. To God be the glory, time without end. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.